0: We're going to jump right in, in the concluding section of the Gospel of Matthew, which we have been studying for the last, believe it or not, 16 weeks. And this is week 16, and we're going to wrap it up here this morning. So we're in Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So in that passage, there may have been some words um, that you were not familiar with, or maybe even if you have a, a church background that weren't entirely, you're not entirely sure what they mean. And I think this happens to us Often in life, as we go throughout our days, um, if you have a bunch of friends who are maybe um, into CrossFit, you might hear something like, we did DT at the box this morning, PI for this guy. No idea what that means if you are not part of that community, right? Or if you have friends who are in the business world talking about their competition, they uniquely fashion granular initiatives. I don't even think they know what that means when they say things like that. Or if you have friends who are, who are a little bit techie, guys who hang out in the back of the room and, room and help us run our sound stuff, you might hear something like, some say mono AWAC is the next big thing, but I'm sticking with my 48K master transducer. Again, might as well be a foreign language, right? Um, and I think one of the words in our passage this morning that could fall into that is this word disciple. And again, even if you have a church background, we don't know what that means entirely. I think it's such a uh, can be such a catch-all word that we get lost in it sometimes. And so Jesus tells us in the passage that we just read that we're supposed to go and make disciples. So I think before we go and make disciples, we should probably figure out what a disciple actually, actually is. Some people have tried to equate the word um, student with, with being a disciple. And that's okay, but I, being a disciple is, is more than simply being a student. Uh, Jesus went out of the way to call out the religious leaders of the day for their accumulation of knowledge for knowledge's sake and for their own, um, their, their own honor to make themselves look, look better. So it's not simply a student. Some have substituted the word apprentice. And it's, again, not a bad word choice, but not, doesn't capture what it really means because an apprentice is always looking for more. Right? An apprentice is hopefully going to someday know more than their teacher or their master. An apprentice is going to hopefully someday have a bigger business or more followers than their master. An apprentice wants to replace their master. So I don't, that's not necessarily a good, good substitute for disciple either. Sometimes we use the word follower. right? And it's possible to do Jesus-y things without Jesus' heart. Or Jesus' motivation. So, follower sometimes misses the mark as well. Sometimes you hear phrases like, we serve a great God, which we, we do, but a servant um, does things out of a sense of obligation. And a, and a servant may not really understand why they're doing what they're doing. They're just told to do something, so they have to do it. So, that one kind of misses the mark as well. And the last, the last thing I think we get in our heads when we hear the word disciple is this idea of a super saint. Somebody who's just, you know, I've used the term before, like a religious rock star. Um, And if we, so Leanne taught last week from Matthew chapter 25, and we jump ahead to the end of 28. So by way of review, I will point out to you that by definition, to be a disciple, you do not have to be a super saint. Matthew chapter 26, we have the last supper. It's this really interesting meal which Jesus shares with the original disciples. In this meal, he washes their feet. He washes the feet of the man who will betray him. So they finish this meal. Jesus is like, I want to go pray. Come pray with me. They, don't, they can't stay awake for an hour. They fall asleep. They fail him. The guards come to arrest Jesus. Judas goes and betrays him. The guards come to arrest Jesus, and everybody scatters. Jesus is left by himself. Everybody scatters except Peter and the women. Peter kind of sticks around, but he ends up just flat out denying Jesus. So the women are still there, and they're still hanging tough with Jesus. Chapter 27, Jesus is tried, he is mocked, he's tortured, he's executed, and he's buried. The disciples are confused. Just one chapter earlier, Jesus told them, hey, these things are going to happen, and I'm going to rise from the dead, and they're they're beside themselves. They're confused. They don't know what's going on. It's like they forgot everything that Jesus said to them. We get to chapter 28. Jesus rises from the dead, and he shows up to the disciples. Some of, them, some of them worship him, like we read in that passage. Some of them doubt. Some of them are confused. Some of them, when they see him, they don't recognize him. Two dudes walking down the road with Jesus, having a conversation with him. Don't recognize him. Mary is so distraught that when she sees Jesus, she thinks he's the gardener. You don't have to be a super saint to be a disciple as the original disciples. Just They give me so much hope <laughs> when I look at how, how they were and how they struggled. Um, so what, it, what is it then if, it, if it's not those things? And I think the problem that we, we come down to, not the problem, um, the crux of the matter is, is that Jesus is so big and his character is so perfect and so immense, there's no one way of describing how we could or should or how he expects us to relate to him. So I think if we take a look at Jesus' own words about who and what disciples are, I think it's the best way to go about doing that. So first thing is is to be a disciple of Jesus means that you are in a relationship with Jesus. You have personally experienced his presence and his power that you you know um, firsthand. The original 12 disciples had an actually firsthand we can touch Jesus kind of experience. But for those of us who call ourselves Christians today, this morning, we have that same firsthand experience just in a different, in a different fashion. So we have this experience with Jesus and it's an experience that's brought about initiated by him, his love chases us down. Like we sing in some of the songs that we do here on Sunday mornings, it chases us down. And this love comes to us and it fills us to overflowing. And Jesus says, one of the ways that people will know you are my disciples is the love that you have one for another. The love of Jesus fills us up to overflowing and it pours out onto the people around us. The love of Jesus fills us so much that we want to obey his commands. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. That's another mark of a disciple is that we would obey those commands. And the the last thing that I want to point out that Jesus says is that you will bear fruit. In John 15, Jesus talks a lot about this. Um, we have this relationship. We experience the presence and the power of Jesus. And we fall in love with him, and we begin to act and look and think and speak more like Jesus. We begin to bear fruit. We spend time listening to him and for him, and we respond. We take time in the midst of our craziness to rest so that we might experience him. So that's kind of like a, a rough a rough sketch of what a disciple is. And I put the references up there. All that stuff is right from Scripture, the descriptions of what a disciple is. And in John 15, uh, Jesus uses the word friend to describe his followers who love him and who obey him and who are with him and know him and, and experience his power and his presence. And I think immediately, we don't, we don't have the, the trouble with the word friend that we do with disciple, right? It's not, disciple is not a very common word. Even within the church, it's confusing. But we immediately understand friend, right? We all have a frame of reference for that. And it's not this idea of doing, but of being, of this relationship. And that's at the heart of what being a disciple of Jesus is, that, that relationship that Jesus would call us friend, that he would share his, his thoughts and his heart with us. And he would want to replicate his thoughts and his heart in us. And that was God's plan from the beginning, right? That he would be in relationship with mankind. I love the description in Genesis when it um, it talks about how God would walk in the garden in the cool of the day with, with Adam and Eve. And I really hope that in some way that that's what we get to experience when we get to heaven, when everything is said and done, something something like that. But that was God's plan from the beginning, right? That mankind would be in relationship with him. But mankind broke that relationship. And again, in God's infinite wisdom and part of his eternal plan, he he has made a way to restore that relationship for those of us who would accept it. And that is through the perfect life, and the innocent death, and the triumphant resurrection of Jesus. And so before we go any further, we're just going to kind of push pause, and we're going to stop, and we're going to celebrate that, because that's what Jesus instructs us to do. That last supper, that meal that Jesus shared with his friends, um, now we refer to it in different ways, depending on your background, Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, communion. But Jesus and in uh, Paul, in the, in the letter of Corinth, to the Corinthians, encourages us to repeat that meal so that we would remember who it is that drew us in, that chased us down, that first loved us while we were unlovable, so that we could be in, in relationship with him. Jesus came and he walked among us so that we could relate to him. He came and he walked perfectly among us because we couldn't walk that perfect walk. And he came and he walked into a death that we deserve. And so when we celebrate communion here at Crossroads, that's what we remember, that's what we recognize, is that Jesus is for us and that he loves us and he gave up everything. He left everything behind, stepping out of heaven and into time, into the human condition so that we might once again be in relationship with him so that he could call us friend, so that we could call him friend, that we would be his, his disciples. So the, the ushers are gonna come forward and they're gonna hand you a, uh, a plate with a piece of bread and a cup and I would ask you to hold on to that. And if you believe those things that I just described about Jesus, that's what communion is here at Crossroads. You don't have to be a member or a mission partner um, we want you to celebrate what this is—this friendship with Jesus, what He did in His life and His death and His resurrection. So you take that bread, and you take that cup, and you're going to um, hold on to it. The the band is just going to play uh, a little bit instrumentally. And I would ask you to just take a few minutes and think about your relationship with Jesus, since that's what it means to be a disciple. Where where are you at, like? For some of us, that might be like a, nobody's ever asked me that question before. So how are you and Jesus doing? I don't know. If, if you don't know, I would, I would encourage you to just be still for a moment and say, Jesus, please speak to me. I want to be in a relationship with you. I believe in the things that the Bible says you did and that you still do. And then you take the bread and you take that cup and you, you hold on to it. And maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while and there's some things that maybe you've said or done or thought that aren't very disciple-like. That someone as a friend of Jesus maybe couldn't, shouldn't have, have done or would rather you didn't have done. And you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I want to share this meal with you again, Jesus, and I want to do it from a place of a clean, clean heart. Just take a few minutes, be still, try and quiet your mind, and then I'll get back up here and we will take that bread and that cup together. So we might, um, we might summarize that first part of that message as to make disciples, you have to be a disciple. Uh, there's a very smart pastor, author, speaker, uh, leadership guy named Pete Scazzaro. And he says that you cannot give away what you do not have, right? We have to have a relationship with Jesus if we're expected to go out and give that away to other people. So that's kind of the the summary of of where we've been. And as we move ahead, I want to put the, the verses back up there with a couple of different highlights. So the road sign, right? We call this whole teaching series road signs. And this last road sign is go and make disciples. This idea of, of going, right, some of, us, some of us are called to go around the world. Some of us are called to cross cultural barriers. Some of us are called to cross the road and go to our neighbors. All of us are called to go in some shape or form. And if you think about it, you think about the current way in which we live, our schedules society culture going is not a problem right last week was a long weekend attendance here was a little bit down people were were traveling people are traveling this week some of us travel every day for business we are constantly constantly going going is not the problem the problem is is that we go and we don't remember that Jesus is with us we go and we don't remember that Jesus wants to be acknowledged in in our going. If you have an away game this week, Jesus is with you and he wants to be remembered and acknowledged. If you have three different sales calls in three different states and three consecutive days this week, Jesus wants to be remembered and acknowledged in your travels. As you return the dog to the neighbor's yard for the 15th time, Jesus wants to be remembered and acknowledged, right? Going is not the problem. It's the intention with which we go. As disciples, as friends of Jesus, we have this presence, this power, this experience that resides within us that we are called to take with us wherever we go, right? Yes, some of us will be called to, to travel far and wide and bring Jesus with us. But for most of us, that means just remembering and acknowledging Jesus as we go throughout our days. That's where going and making disciples. Be a disciple, remembering Jesus is with us as we go. Next phrase that's highlighted up there is baptizing, baptizing them. And yes, there is the, um, the initial act of, of submersing someone in water and it's a symbolic act. It's a, it's a symbol of new life in Christ. The old person dies as they're, as they're being submerged, and as they come up out of the water, they're a new person in Christ. It's about beginnings. It's about introductions. For those of us who know Jesus, as we go, we introduce others to Jesus. That's what the call is, to go and baptize. And we baptize in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's God's plan. Jesus, it was the... the um, the one who carried out the mission and then the Holy Spirit is the one who continues the mission in us and through us. And we want that power. We want to share that power with everyone who we, who we meet and we come in contact with. A really practical, practical example. Um, so Amanda, one of our youth leaders was hanging out with Brittany and they were talking about this idea of resting um, with God and this cycle of work and rest and, and trying to make time to rest with God and make that a priority. So Amanda shares a podcast with Brittany and Brittany's really, really moved by the the podcast. And so Brittany is self-employed and she does a lot of online work. And so she shared that podcast with the people who she uh, interacts with as part of her business, many of whom do not know anything about Jesus. But she just put it out there as an introduction, as a first step for them to get to recognize Jesus. Brittany went to work, remembered that Jesus was with her, and acknowledged him in, in what she was doing. Really, really practical, easy way to think about how, how we might do that. The next phrase that's up there, uh, teaching them to obey everything. So if we think about baptism as this, like this introduction, the teaching part is this, ongoing relationship it's an ongoing investment that we would make in in others and as i described what a disciple was earlier we get filled up with the love of jesus and that overflows out and around us and it overflows into obedience obedience is is a behavior and for those of us who are parents know behaviors are more caught than taught right? Somehow my kids only managed to pick up my bad behaviors and I don't know. Um, that's not true. Actually, one of the greatest compliments you will ever get is when somebody recognizes, like, they're like, you know why I did that? Because I saw you do that, right? One of my kids actually said that to me this weekend, I, like after I passed out and picked myself back up. Um, but it w- really, like living out of the power and presence of Jesus and allowing the people around you, right? If you're a parent, part of that going is living in obedience to Jesus and letting your kids watch you do that. It's going to school, it's going to work, and living that life of obedience, those ongoing investments and in, in relationships. So we look at that, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything. That can feel... Um, A little daunting everything all nations like that's those are like big big inclusive terms and it made me (laughs) it made me think of that Um, that is a UCC 128 shipping label and that is something that in the early 2000s people like Walmart and Target started to require on their packages and back then that's what I did for a living I had to make sure that as a company we could do that, that was part of my responsibility. So I would communicate with the people at Walmart and they would say, you need to have these on all of the millions of cases that you ship us and you need to do this by X date and if you don't, we're going to charge you, I forget what it was, X dollars per case for every one of those labels that is not there. And I, I quick did the math and it was literally like millions of dollars a day. And I walked into my boss, and I'm like, "Um, Larry, we got to (laughs) talk. And I said, here's what's going on. Here's what we're currently doing. We're not doing these labels. It's going to cost us a lot of money to do these labels. And Walmart says, if we don't do them, they're going to fine us a lot of money. He's like, "Okay. good luck with that. Let me know how that works out. (laughs) And Larry was a great guy. I learned a lot from him. He was a really good mentor. and maybe that was just him ex- expressing trust in me. I don't know. But that was, in my mind, that was like the first, I went home that night and I, I did not sleep. I, I have this vivid, vivid recollection of the first night, like, that was the first time I really thought I was going to lose my job. Um, and that is daunting. All the pressure, all the weight, all the, the significance was on my little inexperienced shoulders at that point with the good luck with that. Going and, and um, making disciples of all nations and teaching people to obey everything could feel that daunting, but it's not. It shouldn't. Because we go with all the authority of Jesus Christ, the King of kings, Lord of lords, to whom one day every knee will bow and tongue confess. We are his representatives. We go with his authority. When people accept him through what we do and say and teach, they're, they're accepting him. And when they reject what we bring to them, they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting him. That's what scripture tells us. We go with the, the authority of the king. We are his ambassadors. Not only do we go with that authority, but he goes with us. I will be with you always, always. To the very end of the age that's what takes the the daunting task of going to all the nations and teaching people to obey everything is because we have Jesus authority and he's with us always the other thing that um, scripture reminds us of is when we are in Christ is that his commands are not burdensome right he the idea of of life with Christ is not to be worried about checking all the boxes and following all the rules. Somebody came to him and asked him, Jesus, there's lots of commandments. At that time, there was like 613 of them. Which one's most important? Jesus boiled it down really simple. Love God. Second one, love others. That's our calling, to go and make disciples, to go and do that with people before people in front of them so they can watch us do that. And the the last thing that I would point out to you about why this doesn't have to be daunting is you don't have to be a super saint to do this, right? The disciples, the original disciples were not perfect. There's no, well, when I learn more, I can share Jesus with people. Well, when I'm older, I'll share Jesus with people. Well, when I have more time, no, it's now. The Time is now. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have our lives all lined up to make room for Jesus because Jesus is already there. We just have to remember him and acknowledge him. And at Crossroads, we kind of break this up into a couple of different ways. You're thinking, okay, what am I supposed to do with all of this? This is a big charge. There's, yes, I have Jesus with me and I have his authority, but what does that, what does that look like? So we use this phrase, look up, lean in, and reach out look up we want to as individuals we want to do what the bible instructs us to to keep our eyes fixed on jesus we want to be people who read our bible individually on our own we want to be people who pray we want to be people who find silence and stillness man when gail and i had our our time off last week we were doing a devotion together and it was aimed at like trying to be still oh my gosh that's hard Right? But God calls us to that so he can speak to us. If you don't journal, picking up a journal or getting something like Evernote and capturing your thoughts and where you see God move or those points in your day where you feel like, God, where were you? And capturing that so you can, you can think through those things with, with Jesus. And here's another really big part of that looking up is getting to know yourself. God wired each one of us differently, right? How is it that God wired you? I know some of you guys, and I know some of you, when you go outside, immediately you're just drawn to like notice God's handiwork. Others, you get in a kitchen and you start slicing and dicing and cooking and sauteing, and that like you connect with God because God gifted you in that form of artistry. For me, like I like to move. I experience God when I'm running and when I'm working out and when I'm being active, right? You got to know yourself and know how God wired you so you can make room for those, um, those activities and things that bring you life and where you find God. Look up, lean in, right? So we, we receive this power and we experience the presence of Jesus and that comes to us and then we go to our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we encourage them by saying, oh, man, God was really speaking to me. Or, oh, man, I, I could really use some help. I don't know what's going on here. We lean in for encouragement. We lean in for support. We lean in for challenge. Oh, man, I, like, I really screwed up. And we need people around us who love us enough who would be willing to say, you know what? You're right. You screwed up, and you, here's, here's a thought on how you might Make it right. Look up, lean in, reach out. That's The reach out is kind of this, the, the overriding focus for this morning, is that we would take Jesus with us wherever we go as, as individuals, that we would live our lives with him in front of other people. And when other people ask, how is, it, how is it that like you have all this chaos in your life and yet you still seem okay, you still seem to have this peace about you, well, that's Jesus. Jesus promises us a peace that passes understanding. Wait a minute, you you give how much of your money away? And your kids still have shoes and you still feed them? Right? God calls us to be generous and we live that generous life out in front of people. And they're like, how can you do that? And you have, you have an opportunity to share. And then as a community, we want to create a safe space, right? We want you guys to be able to head out into your lives and this, as you go to say, come experience what it means to be part of a family of faith. Come experience. If you, if you don't know who Jesus is, Crossroads has created this safe and welcoming place for you to figure out for yourself who, who he is. And then the other way that we do that is we are really intentional and we work really hard about going to the people that Jesus went to we those people that need food we go feed them those people that have addiction issues we go spend time with them and teach them about Jesus those people who struggle with mental illness we walk alongside them when they're struggling and try to prop them up we go to the people that Jesus sent us to so here's the other half of the of statement, right? To make disciples, you have to be a disciple. To be a disciple, you have to make disciples. That's what Jesus ends the gospel, or that's what Matthew ends his gospel with. Jesus saying, you're my disciples, go and make disciples of the rest of the world. And that's the charge that we have that he's given us, is that we would go live Our lives with intention remembering and acknowledging Jesus that we would that relationship that power that presence that we know that we've experienced that we would share that with the people that God sends us to let's pray Father God we thank you so much that you don't leave us alone we thank you that you do indeed have all the authority and we um, we bow before that authority And we eagerly await your marching orders. God, as you send us out from this place this morning, God, may we be the kind of people that bring you with us, that acknowledge you, that live obedient to your word. And that we might do all that, all that for your glory and for the growth of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.